Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor Australia podcast that asks the question, car, jet ski, helicopter, plane, motorbike, another plane, stand up paddleboard, boat, boat, another helicopter, another plane, boat. Are we sure that we are watching The Bachelor? (laughs) I think you're doing the Lady Gaga quote where she's like, Club, club, another club. <laughs> Whatever it is. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Plenty um, of travel destinations and means of travel um, yeah. on, on this week's episode. Yep, and uh, d- look, to be honest with you, lots in common with Lady Gaga as well. Our special guest this week is Tony Bennett. <laughs> you reckon we could get Bennett? We could reach out. Yeah, I reckon out. Big Ben would, um, he'd join us for yeah. sure. I have more on this later. I've got a real bee in my bonnet this week. My name is Max Quinn. Hello. Uh, my spirit animal is a very tall giraffe. Joining me as he does each and every week is Xavier Rebetsky Noonan, is Xavier Rebetsky Noonan, the man whose spirit animal is Fozzy Bear from The Muppets. Is that right? <laughs> That's the bear that you love from film and TV? We're friends. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, there's a lot of bears I love from film and TV. Uh, he is, he's definitely among them. He may not mm-hmm. be number one, but he, he's up there. That's the one that you love the most. He's I've heard a, you loud and clear. He's a clown I would not tell to pipe down. <laughs> we are here to break down all of the action from week three of The Bachelor Australia season nine. The Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook is where you can come to say hi to us, as well as uh, like-minded, batchy-loving nerds like you, and uh, some past and future guests of the show on the docket this week. Clowns, you mentioned it, Xavi. Chlamydia, and sure. probably things <laughs> not involving Sierra. But to be honest with you, I'm not interested in those, and that's why you are here, Xavi. Yeah, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you mean? Do you mean I'm the stand-in for Sierra? I don't quite follow. You. <laughs> uh, look to help us dissect, uh, in her own words, whatever the fuck happened in these last two episodes. Mm. Mm making her first appearance here on the BOH pod, a new friend who you might know from her career as a fabulous singer, songwriter, and performer. Her randomly assigned spirit animal for this episode is an emperor penguin for the following reasons. Uh, number one, it. majestic. Mm-hmm. Number two, flightless, cannot fly. Number three, <laughs> have you seen that bit? in the acclaimed docuseries Planet Earth, where there are those two penguins, and you're like, oh, penguins. But then one penguin emotionally angers the other penguin, 
And so then the second penguin writes a song about how the first penguin is a big, disgusting hypocrite and also probably a misogynist. <laughs> Listeners, oh please say a huge Bachelor of Hearts hello to Imogen Clark. Hi, Imogen. Hi, guys. I'm so thrilled to be here, and that was potentially the best introduction I could ever have hoped to receive from anybody in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you like to self-assign a spirit animal? I feel like that's only fair. Look, I, I feel like anything I say now is going to pale in comparison to the Emperor Penguin mm. and the, the misogyny that you managed to like, <laughs> to like somehow link to Emperor Penguins. I don't know. Like I do have a mug that says all you need is love and your dog that one of my followers gave me and I feel like a dog is probably best suited to me mm-hmm. um, because I am uh, loyal mm-hmm. and and um, uh, kind, mm. but I feel like the Emperor Penguin is much more what I would like for myself now. Loyal, kind, occasionally bites children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. All the good things All that you want. All the good things. Um, uh, the listeners are dying to know, Imogen. Uh, how are you and how is your nana? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, I am. I am fine. Dealing with um, dealing with lockdown. It, it's been a bit horrendous and also sometimes a bit great. Like it's been one of those weird roller coaster rides of emotion. And my nana. Thank you for asking. She is okay. She had a bit of a fall. Um, she's eighty-seven. So. Um, not a spring chicken and she just fell over in her apartment and then had to get an ambulance come and grab her but she's doing really well and I dropped some clean clothes to her yesterday and it was like um, the most amazing thing to leave my house like yeah. it's just the whole way I had to drive for an hour to get to Katoomba hospital and I was like this is the most amazing outing you know that I've had in months <laughs> It was beautiful, but thank you for asking. That's very sweet. She's um, yeah, she's doing well. We um, we actually ask all of our guests how their nanas are doing, but it's really paid <laughs> off this time. <laughs> oh no, I'm so embarrassed now. Damn it. Uh, the new EP is called Bastards. It obviously has the uh, Bachelor of Heart seal of approval. It's so good. It is really good. Thank I you. imagine that the sudden onset of these lockdowns um across the country on account of the extreme <laughs> and severely. <laughs> has uh, probably rendered you in a bit of a, a bit of a stuck state are you how are you going with with getting this record out into the world yeah it's been it's actually amazing to think about the fact that the record came out I think the 21st of May which now feels like an entire lifetime ago mm. um and back you know in May sort of April May June start of June I was super busy like I've never been busier even pre-pandemic and it was wild and really fun and then to suddenly be plunged back into this like we have a a tour that was meant to happen with my whole band um, throughout August all Mm. over the country, Mm. which has now been cancelled. Well, sort of in the process of rescheduling it. And this is now like the fifth, fourth or fifth version of this tour Mm, now. Like we've, we've now rescheduled, like some people bought tickets to a show in Brisbane that was meant to happen like last August or something. Like it's just ludicrous Mm, how much we so appreciate people like sticking with us and not just, you know, like burning their tickets in um, <laughs> anger. <laughs> like, so yeah. appreciate They're like, fuck um, you yeah. for causing the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? You should still have um, the show. Yeah. I want to go and get very sick. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. I've had a, it's actually been interesting. I feel like my social media has become a um, place of vaccine arguments mm. lately. It's mm. been very interesting. Um, uh, the vast majority of people have been wonderful. And like, I love sharing gratitude on my pages for the amazing efforts of the medical professionals in this country and worldwide. Mm. And I'm so grateful that we are like, that we are in a position where we are offered vaccines, like incredible that we have access to something like that. Mm. And I feel really grateful that I've been able to, I'm fully vaccinated now. Mm. And that's only because of an underlying health issue with um, asthma that I have. So I feel really lucky that I'm like, it's like the only time I'm super happy to have had chronic persistent asthma. I'm like, this is fucking great. I love it. Love being sick. Um, mm. But yeah, I feel very grateful. So I like to share that stuff on social media. Unfortunately, I, uh, there are some interesting um, people who like to come on there and like call me. And I think the latest one was an obnoxious moralist. Oh, good. Um, oh, you hate to That was a that. really, I know, it was really like hit me where it hurts my morals imagine being like you are such a good person (laughs) (laughs) and you're really obnoxious about being a good person like it's exhausting how you're always right about (laughs) things (laughs) yeah so it's been a time it's been a time okay so what can we do what can our listeners do to show you support during this time Oh, thank you. Well, honestly, just, um, yeah, listening to the music, jumping on my social media pages. You can just find me at Imogen Clark everywhere. Clark has no E, um, which is what I spend my life saying. Um, and, yeah, just jump on social media. Follow me there. You can, you know, buy my record. Um, I've got merch available. All that sort of stuff is really helpful in this time because artists – as we all know, make absolutely no money from streaming mm. and normally rely mm. on live income, which we don't have right now. So it really, really helps um, when people buy merch, but it also just helps when people are supportive and follow you and listen to your music and, you know, spread the word. So, yeah. And so the Instagram handle was at Obnoxious Moralist. Was that it? <laughs> <laughs> you will find me there. I actually would love to know who's got that handle. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's just Imogen underscore underscore Clark. Xavier, do we have any uh, news to get to before we jump into the episode recaps? Yeah. Look, not not a huge amount. I think it is funny that you you talk about how um, a lot of conversations uh, these days in these <laughs> crazy times that we live in uh, seem to revolve around this sort of anti-vax COVID conspiracy sort of um, stuff that people love to be very vocal about on social media and elsewhere. I, I wanted to talk about um, this Daily Mail piece that um, that came out this week, which um, is a Daily Mail piece, and so therefore I suppose we have to take it with a, a grain of salt. But this is an interesting piece, which was about Australian influencers promoting COVID conspiracy and anti-vax ideologies. And there are a few familiar faces from the world of The Bachelor in the article. Um, we have tiptoed around discussing these people specifically on the podcast, um, but the piece itself doesn't pull punches. Um, and it's, you know, I can report what it is reporting. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Uh, it describes Bill Goldsmith uh, as a D-lister and um, shares a humorous <laughs> interaction with one Instagram follower who seemed to convince Bill that they were putting 5G in the vaccine. Now, Zevi, would you like to reveal who that that follower is the follower was me i'm not sure why i wasn't credited <laughs> in the daily mail piece. they they are loving this story though i think the daily mail has run a couple of pieces about this 
um, pretty innocuous uh, string of Instagram comments from like months this and months ago. This happened more than a year ago, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was a he was an early advocate of um, just asking questions and uh, you know uh, don't trust what you're being told and um, all that kind of uh, wonderfully healthy rhetoric around this uh, stuff. Mm. And uh, I played along and said, uh, I heard that they're putting 5G in the vaccine. He said, interesting, where did you hear that? And I said, I think I saw someone posted on Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Daily Mail apparently spotted it and they've been running with Every time they've talked about Bill in the last few months has included a, a bit of that, which is very funny. Um, I also wanted to mention uh, a couple of other people who are in the article um, the quote-unquote villain of Bachelor in Paradise, uh, Cassandra Mamone, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, um, who used her considerable platform the day before last month's anti-lockdown rallies to promote a handful of accounts on Instagram run by anti-vaxxers, conspiracy theorists, and COVID deniers, including Dr. Ben Tapper, uh, consciousness coach Lori Ladd, and integrative health practitioner Seth Gerlach. What? Um, what is the, I I don't mean to make I'm fun confused. of people's names, but Seth Golatch sounds like something that you do as you were spewing. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> maybe where the name came from. It's a family name. Um, and then we have Rhiannon Doherty, who you may remember the honey badger refusing to kiss, which is <laughs> not a good thing to have on your resume. Uh Rhiannon was also outed in the piece for having attended an anti-lockdown protest in Brisbane last month. Um, these are just a few of the people that we've seen circulating around the ex-batchy spaces, um, serving up this kind of nasty stuff. And um, I just thought it's interesting that these people are, you know, people are, people are cottoning onto what's going yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. And the point that you made on the last episode about the pipeline between people who might have been treated uh, or, or portrayed in an unflattering way on TV and a distrust of the media is, I think, a really salient one. The um, other pipeline that we haven't established, though, is uh, people whom the honey badger has refused to strap on the feed bag for. <laughs> we should have known. Should have known. This is a man who famously wants to strap on the bag. Right, right. <laughs> Do you think sometimes that with these like certain influences that maybe they live in a bit of a mm. bubble of they of sort of that's devoid of reality in a way and that's what leads them to kind of believe some stuff that they probably shouldn't. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting point and I do think um you can sense from not just influencers, not just bachelor people, but a lot of people who get caught up in these types of uh groups or or conversations there is an effort to try and minimize the amount of outside noise and to you know whittle down their um you know their, the people that they follow on social media and the people that they interact with to people who are going to agree with them which i guess in a way you could say exactly. about anybody you know i try personally to keep anti-vaxxers and um you know <laughs> QAnon folks and that sort of thing outside of my sphere of influence as well is that why you've blocked me? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think you just know a bit too much, Max. Uh, so, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, as usual, we're urging our listeners to, to get vaccinated and stay safe and remain vigilant with your Instagram accounts and the people that you follow. 
uh, you know, where possible, just try and stick to the approved accounts that we set out <laughs> uh, every week on the pod. Are we feeling ready to jump into some recaps of, uh, of this week on The Bachelor? I'm ready. Yeah. Let's begin with The Bachelor Australia, Season 9, Episode 5. So there is a brief debrief about the altercation between Steph and Holly the previous night, but it's quite quickly brushed past. Holly says in confessional that she just wants to, quote, put this to bed for now. I found the for now a little bit interesting because I'm like, will this come back up? But it kind of we're kind of just moving on. It, it was a very big deal last week and we're kind of just moving on. Osho arrives with a single date card and a questionable shirt with some clashing patterns that I did not approve of. <laughs> I don't know if this stood out to you guys, but the, the group chat was a flurry. I really wish he'd run these decisions by you, Xavier. <laughs> yeah, would it hurt? Like, just send me a little, you know, it could be one of those disappearing messages on Snapchat or something. It doesn't, I don't have to treasure it forever. Mm. <laughs> um, the clue reads, my head's in the clouds when I'm thinking of you. Will you be my co-pilot? And everyone goes, oh, what could that mean? Who could it be from? What do they do for a living? <laughs> Uh, and it's for Steph, which is good because she has apparently decided now that she loves aviation. Mm. She was talking a lot about how she really doesn't like pilots last week, but uh, maybe her chin has changed. I do find it a little bit odd that we don't get this, like, I don't know, maybe it's even a relief, but there's no, that we don't have the requisite commentary about how Steph doesn't deserve alone time with Jimmy because she said a naughty word on TV last week. Like, I would have just assumed that that stuff would be influencing how everybody looks at her based on how big of a deal it seemed last week. Yeah, so true. I reckon that I, I feel like there was a lot of, like, hilarious um, editing moments of awkward mm. throughout any time that, like, any time that Steph said anything about loving mm. pilots or aviation, there was so, like, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall and know how that conversation actually went without the, like, edited in long pauses everyone looking around at each other cricket silence you know yeah like i yeah. want to see those like those raw files yeah um, absolutely as much as it feels like i personally would never want anyone to hear anything that i have ever done without it being highly edited <laughs> in this situation like yeah you're absolutely right feed me that awkwardness because i think that the editors are doing a, a particularly good job this year firstly in general this has been a really tightly edited season i can feel them playing and having fun and i really like that in you know constructing the constructing something out of the source material that they are given but in particular i think that they're doing an interesting job with Steph and cutting into or around the awkwardness and what they choose to highlight and and what they don't and the point that you're making here i think is really strong because like at this point what do we know what do we know about steph she hates pilots she loves pilots <laughs> and <laughs> she called some girl the she she dropped a c-bomb on some girl we cut to darling harbor where steph and jimmy will be going on a flight simulation jimmy is excited to show steph what he's like at work I've been working from home for a little while. So during <laughs> during office hours, I'm mostly either like typing loudly and yelling, oh, get a grip at my inbox. <laughs> or I am curled up in bed in the fetal position, pretending that I can't hear the Microsoft Teams alerts in the background. So I do not want anybody to hear what I, or see what I'm like in a work environment. But good for Jimmy. 
Yeah, totally. I actually was really surprised to hear that that pilots are generally old and crusty. That was something I did not know. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. I, I was really, I, I was kind of like, that's a bit of a mean thing to say. But And then Jimmy mm. said it two, like two seconds later. Right. And I was like, is this a like fundamental gap of knowledge that I have? Well, I thought all pilots were hot, but based on the sample size of two that we have. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I would love to have played a drinking game during this episode of how many times the word pilot was actually said out loud. Truly a dangerous game for this season. Very dangerous. Um, Steph is excited to learn, but she also says, not only have I dated a pilot previously, but I lived with another pilot in Hong Kong and all my friends are pilots. How does this happen? Is, is Steph a regular at that bar for airline pilots from The Simpsons? <laughs> I've literally met like one pilot in my right. 26 years of existence. Like, how do you yeah. meet so many pilots? I'm so confused. When I was a little kid, I knew another little kid whose dad was a pilot. That's all of my yeah. pilot experience. <laughs> my friend Tom's dad. Um, a girl who went to my school or went to a different school in the same town (laughs) and then another boy who went to a different school in the same town but only got halfway there and then stopped it and became a builder instead. (laughs) So really close contacts is what you're saying. Mm. Two and a half. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I've just realised that I uh, dated a girl when I was a teenager who wanted to be a pilot. How did it go for her? I have no idea. <laughs> I do not know. If you are that girl, get in touch. Tell us, did you become a pilot? Are you friends with Steph? Uh, anyway, they, they take off. Um, Jimmy puts his hand on Steph's hand. They make a few double entendres to do with thrust and joystick and going down and whatnot. <laughs> then suddenly, birds, both engines blow. The lights go off inside the cabin and the 155 souls on board are restless. There's not enough thrust to get to Teterboro, let alone LaGuardia. They're going to have to attempt a forced water landing in the Hudson. Have you guys seen Sully? <laughs> I haven't, but I really want to. And it, uh, But although it scares the shit out of me because I, in normal pre-pandemic times, I fly constantly. Sure. So mm. I'm so afraid of, even though that story is incredible and inspiring and amazing. Yeah, you don't need to you don't need to introduce that into your life. You've got enough to worry about. <laughs> got enough anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen Snakes on a Plane? <laughs> Prequel? <laughs> that is the far more likely scenario that I will experience once I return yep. to flying regularly. I think, so. I think so. Jimmy manages to wrangle the plane into a safe landing, and Steph in voiceover says, It's definitely tickled my pilot fetish. This has not been a fetish that she has mentioned up until this point. I don't know how to feel. I'm so confused. That's kind of it. When you say, like, let's break down whatever the fuck happened in this episode, this is my first what the fuck. Yes. We were like, how do you feel about pilots? Can we go on the record? And how do we know whether or not we can trust you about this? Yeah. 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 It's it's gone a complete 180 and I'm very confused about it. I would just like her to, like, come on her Instagram account that she is mm. not managing right now and just be honest about how she feels about pilots just so that this we all thing. know we need to conduct an independent investigation some kind of like royal commission <laughs> imogen are you up to the task <laughs> <laughs> i will i will um i i feel like i can take this one on that's uh, thank mm. you Excellent. for uh, thank you for trusting me with it 
means a lot. That's to me. okay. Yeah. Look, the thing is, like, if you're in a plane and it does a 180, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in a lot of yeah, trouble. That's not good. They don't do that for no reason. After they disembark and collect their virtual baggage at the carousel simulator, it's on to the Grace Hotel. <laughs> that is such. That is such a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, mm. Thank you, Max. <laughs> Warms the cockles of my heart. Oh, excellent. Uh, well, let's finish the episode there. Then. <laughs> that point, go out. <laughs> um, it's on to the Grace Hotel where Jimmy reveals that they've got separate rooms. Bit of a turn off. I don't know about that. Steph goes up to her room where there's a gift box waiting for her with an outfit picked out for her. That is unquestionably an incredibly hot move. I feel like that is such a like good distillation of a fantasy that a lot of people have, I'm sure. Um, it is a red dress, which sort of divided the group chat that I'm in this week. Was it gorgeous or did she look a little bit too much like a flight attendant? Did you guys have any thoughts on this? <laughs> I thought it was gorgeous. Something- I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. It's very yeah. Stevie Nicks with the big sleeves. Right. That's, that's it, what I was right? thinking. Yeah. The the sleeve. I mean, that's not work appropriate. If you're dangling those big things off your arms, then uh, you're not a flight attendant. You know? Imagine trying to go to the bathroom in those like tiny little like airplane bathrooms <laughs> with those giant sleeves just dangling. Like, you know, when you go to the airplane bathroom and you're like, you literally try to touch as few things as possible. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes. you just like, you try to have no pieces, like no sections of your clothing touching anything. That's one of the most humiliating physical spaces that exist in the world, I think. There's like there's like somehow three mirrors on a space that's like less than a meter squared. Little compartments for things you don't really know why. And that's just on your body. Um... <laughs> don't tell people about my pouch. <laughs> Uh, we learn that Steph has, in fact, dated a few pilots, and she drops a hint that she knows about their none-too-spotless reputation. Jimmy says that he knows the stigma as well, but that marriage is important to him and he only wants to do it once. And uh, then they stop talking and start kissing. Um, Jimmy gives Steph a rose and they kiss a little bit more. And I don't know, I, I like Steph quite a lot, but I didn't really feel a huge amount of chemistry here. I don't know if I was looking too closely and re-watching the kiss part when I was writing my notes here, which <laughs> weirdly enough is something that I do every week. <laughs> but I just, I don't know, it felt like um, Abby Chatfield uh, posted something on her Instagram about having watched this and pointed out that like, these people are in a covid bubble like they're in a they're in a uh, covid free zone right now and she didn't feel that they were taking the maximum advantage of that situation here and that if she was in that position she would really be going for it and i kind of i kind of relate to that i don't know did you guys notice that at all or is this another instance of <laughs> i'm just looking at no i felt it i was like i didn't feel any sort of real connection with that kiss i felt like I just, I felt like the goal was to have the kiss and mm. that was kind of, it wasn't really like, wow, I'm so into this guy. I really want to, I really want to kiss him. It mm. was kind of just like the, the the entire goal was to have a kiss and then be like later days. Yeah. It's important that they have a kiss and meet that milestone. 
And for a number of reasons, I don't necessarily blame either of them for it because it is like, no. it's an expected part of the experience. And so you can get trapped in your head about how it's going down. It felt very procedural. That's the word. Yes. So we've got a group date. Uh, 10 of the 14 other women. Sorry, Ash, Tani, Sierra and Ashley. I don't know why they weren't invited. Um, but they arrive at Avalon Beach, where Osha reveals that uh, he learned on episode 115 of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast that Jimmy is a surf lifesaver. Mm. And so they rushed to put a date together <laughs> to show it off. Um, cue the requisite slow-mo Baywatch jog. We see hunky shirtless Jimmy, plus his good mate and a fairly appropriate runners-up prize named Finn. A quick in the moment shows Jay saying that Finn's fine, but Jimmy's more her type. I think there's something to the fact that we see Jay saying that, as I believe that she will end up winning the show. Um, Do you? I, that she's oh. she's my pick now. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I don't know who my pick is, but I thought. Um, I look. I I I grew, grew a few whiskers on my Finny Finn Finn for this <laughs> for that man. I, I don't, I'm really. I'm not. I'm not really. I don't really know how to how to continue uh, talking on this episode. <laughs> I just felt a bit like when Finn came in, I was like, this is a very good looking man. And like Jimmy made this joke, which I totally understood of like, he's taken. Ha ha ha. Oh, no, he's actually not. But like eyes over here, ladies. And I was like. You selfish prick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got like 23 women here and you're going to choose one. Right. But yeah. he can't have any of them? What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Weird vibe. Weird vibe. It would be way better for the series if Finn and one of the... Let's pick... There's Surely there's someone called like Tani on this season. <laughs> Tani is not on this date, unfortunately. Your, your odds weren't good. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> But, like, imagine if Finn and one of the women find each other on that beach, end up in a relationship, and there's this whole side tension yeah. of, like, Jimmy's brought his friend on the show, all of a sudden his friend is macking on with one of the hypothetical girlfriends that he has. Right, and Finn's within the COVID bubble. He has agreed to be on the show. What if he comes back yeah. next week and he's like, hey, listen, um, I... Didn't really make a big deal out of this, but I was really getting on with fucking Tatum or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. You're clearly not talking to her. Why don't we, uh, you know, follow a bit of that? Yeah. Can I date him, Tatum? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they're going to do a relay race in the beach. On the in in the water. I don't know. Uh, they, they, uh, it's hard to say. Yeah. And it, it is this point that we start hearing from Tatum for what I think is the first time. Um, she says she's not a very confident swimmer, but she's going to give it her best. We quickly cut back to the mansion where Steph reveals her rose and says she had a smooch. Meanwhile, Ash opens a cupboard to reveal nothing but dozens of Starbucks coffee pots. It is without question some extremely subtle sponsored content. Back on the group date though, Holly is having some trouble in the water. She's taking some waves to the face before tumbling onto the beach. And in the moment, she said she's suddenly not feeling well and they have to stop the race. Now, I, I would like to hear your opinions on this because it is a little bit hard to tell from what we saw. Has the Incredible Holes found her weakness? Or, as Tatum <laughs> suggests in a pretty hilarious in the moment, was she milking it for a little bit of extra sympathy from the batch? 
Yeah, um, I find the best move that I've ever pulled on men is to drown myself in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, men find it irresistible. I know it's re- it's really hot when you're like trying not to vomit everywhere and like involuntary mm. tears. I know men love that. Men love involuntary tears. They also love having to pump down on your stomach and have water like spurt out <laughs> right. like a little fountain. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like what? Huge it, it's tricky, I guess, because this is a strategy that people have used before on the show. And um, more often than not, it, it works in a, in a weird way. I don't think that that's necessarily what we saw here, but faking or at least overplaying some kind of illness or injury or something is a pretty, you know, surefire way to guarantee yourself at least a little bit of extra attention. Whether it's the kind of attention you want to receive or not is is debatable, I guess. So, you know, I mean, regardless of her intentions, she does get a little bit of extra time. Jimmy goes to check on her as she's lying in bed. And, uh, you know, he says if she has swallowed a bunch of seawater, she'll have to get checked out at a hospital to be safe. And again, like if she was planning to make the most of this opportunity, you would see her like her face would fall at that point, which it doesn't, you know. Um, And in voiceover, she says she's bummed to be leaving the group date. I do think... I don't know what the best outcome is for a group date, but this is up there. I think, you know, I, yeah. I am, I am glad I am. I, my conscience is clear in saying this, in knowing that she is fine and she comes back without too much more trouble. Um, but mm. like, this is up there with winning, you know, getting the extra time um, in terms yeah. of just like, you are on TV more, you get a little bit of extra time, you get a bit of sympathy, you are more memorable. Um, the, uh, you get to try out your seawater diet. Right. Yeah. I, <laughs> you see water and you yep. swallow it, I guess. Yep. <laughs> oh god. I feel like um <laughs> what what the unsung hero of this like segment of the episode, I think was um I really hope this is her name, Carly. Helping yes. Holly. Totally. Is it Carly? Yeah, yeah she Carly, was yeah. very mm. sweet and I get a good vibe from her and I like the fact that she wasn't she wasn't worried about sitting there with Holly, like trying to give her some water, trying to help her and potentially losing out on like some time to talk with Jimmy. She was just like yeah. more concerned about her friend, which I thought was very sweet. And that obviously didn't, there was no reason for her to do that other than being a good mate, which I thought was lovely. Like, it's not yeah. like she got more time with Jimmy just for doing that. Like she didn't, you know, she didn't even really get any more screen time. She was just briefly on the very edge of the screen while the camera zoned in on Holly. Totally. So it's like, right. No real benefit to her except for being a nice person. It underlines the general impression of her as a pretty altruistic person, though, you know, even yeah. even just for a brief window. Yeah, out of everyone, I feel like Carly is the person who I think that I, I feel is the most real. Yeah, mm. me too. Finn gives Jimmy the lowdown. His top pick is Tatum, who started out nervous but gave it her all, and also, conveniently was chatting to Finn nonstop throughout the day, which I feel like is just a good strategy. Uh, really good. If you want to get a leg up and then a, a, a new mate gets introduced, you talk to that mate, you, you get the lowdown, you know? So Jimmy decides to give her the extra time, but instead of seeing the extra time, there's an implied off-screen rose, which we only learn about at the end of the episode. Strange, edit, weird choice. Right, right. So that doesn't happen very often. And I think part of the reason why we might be seeing something like this is 
that traditionally I would think on reality TV shows before someone is going to go home, they get a little bit of a visibility spike. So the case in point that I would like to point to this week is Ashley, who goes home at the end of the next episode, who we really started to just see a little bit in the second episode last week. Mm. So we're getting that little bit of visibility. We're getting that little bit of awareness of who this person is before we have to say goodbye to them. And if that's the case, I think it's a good job on uh, the part of the edit. But it is, I suppose, uh, a shame that we didn't, we weren't given the chance to get to know Tatum mm. a little bit more because she seems really yeah. fun. If anything, I would argue that that visibility spike may be what we're actually seeing here with Tatum. And yeah. maybe the producers have made a choice that we don't want to get to know Tatum too well because she's right. not going to be around that much longer, but we want to know that she's in the picture. Right. Yeah. Um, nay. Bah. Polly Watercracker. It's time for a costumed cocktail party. Those are some noises that are made by animals. <laughs> um, the framing device here is, unfortunately, in my opinion, that they're all dressing up as their, quote, spirit animals. Mm. Um, this is a term that has rise to prominence in recent years, which I think is mostly used to... Uh, pretty i i would guess pretty innocent end but uh it trivializes generations of indigenous culture uh and i think it appropriates real religious beliefs and um i think it is fairly common knowledge that it's a bit of a faux pas to use this term too liberally um it's usually done for the sake of a facebook quiz or a coffee mug or a t-shirt or a reality tv show um, I don't know this, this rubbed me the wrong way. And it felt it very cynically, like the producers know that this is a bit of a no, no. And they were hoping that people would kind of just like would tweet about it and would write articles about, you know, the bachelor included this faux pas that we don't do anymore. So that there would be some headlines about it. What, what do you, what do you guys reckon? Am I, am I barking up the wrong tree here? This is the first time that I'm really thinking or processing something like this to be honest with you mm. like that's and it's entirely my uh, privilege as a, as a white man who was 30 years mm. old to have not thought about this in the past but i don't know for me it speaks more to like patronuses that's the thing <laughs> you know, like that's the thing that i was thinking about is that you can just have a party where you dress as animals or an animal that you mm. think is cool or an animal that you feel like represents you patronus is perfect except maybe for the <laughs> the J.K. Rowling um, trans issues, uh, setting those <laughs> sure. aside for a moment. Yeah, um, mm. you know, it it just feels like you can you can do that without getting into the, these waters. I think. Yeah, that's absolutely right. They could have so easily avoided the entire concept of a spirit animal and just been like, dress as your favorite animal. Right. Like mm. it it's so easily bypassed. Like it. <laughs> Which is why I think that the choice to include that phrase like three or four times is so that people will post about it, which it feels grim to say. You're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like uh, at least from where, from where I sit, I would attribute it more to thoughtlessness mm. than to, than to intention. Yeah. Well, but there's every chance you're right. Yeah. Who know, Who can say? Um, everybody has got a cute little explanation for who they're dressed as. Steph is a goat because she's the greatest of all time. 
Um, Lily says, my spirit animal is my dog, Pixie Jean. She's a toy caboodle, which I found interminable. That... <laughs> I have never gone from being like, this woman's interesting, to like mm-hmm. having so much distance between myself and finding you relatable. Yeah, yeah. Quicker. Totally. <laughs> My favorite thing about that outfit was the oh collar. <laughs> Did you notice she had a collar on? Why? I oh, love picturing her it was like uh, a few nights before she's going to leave to be on the show or to go into hotel quarantine or whatever she had to do. She's like tossing up. She's the bag's almost full. She's like, oh, am I going to bring like an extra fun sporty top or have I got room for the collar? And she goes, I'm going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get what I think, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you guys probably agree, uh, is one of the better in the moments in Batchy history. Sierra says, so... I was going to say that I was a koala tonight because I like sleeping and I've definitely had chlamydia, but I thought that would be quite hard to, to explain to Jimmy. So I went with a phoenix because I've risen from the ashes. <laughs> this is by far my favorite Bachelor moment of all time. I think like so history too. of yeah. Bachelor. I, I literally had, I was, had a mouthful of white wine <laughs> and I literally I spit it out and choked on it like someone from a sitcom like I could not <laughs> my eyes were watering the way she like breezed past it with such like dryness mm, was yeah. the funniest thing the I perfect just delivery. it was brilliant it was so brilliant that will live on I think in in gifts and uh, screenshots and uh, in, in our memories. Eulogizing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this moment. It was suddenly also the choice last week uh, of, of her superhero, Professor Pisser, makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it all lines up. Um. Uh, Jimmy is dressed as Donkey from Shrek. Uh, <laughs> Ashley charitably says that he is giving her Taylor Lautner vibes which I guess is maybe the intention, but it doesn't really look that way. Ash and Jimmy get into the spa together. There's a spa? Has there always been a spa? Um, whilst everybody looks. Um, I feel like getting in a spa with somebody is like a real invitation to look at you at your sweatiest. I feel like I would not <laughs> want to, to introduce this. Um, and then... Yeah, Laura took a trip and climbed a tree at Bachelor Cocktail Party. And there she stayed till producer said, please don't climb the tree. Um... This was the most like mum and dad energy. Like, oh my God. Oh, I can't, but I'm not even that high. Like, oh, I loved it so much. It was great. It was really great. I want to get more of Laura in this season. It's a shame, like, we have limited time and we need to get to know the women who he'll fall in love with. Um, And we obviously need to get to know more about Sierra because that is just an untapped resource at this point. But Laura seems really fun too. And that she is up this tree. I'm sad that there wasn't more to be made out of it. Yeah, I feel like Laura may have realised this week that she is falling into the very comfortable groove that was laid out by Litany. Mm. I feel like when you realize that you are not a front runner, but you have an opportunity to be one of the most entertaining players, 
um, that that is a, a really great position to find yourself in. And I think she is really uh, making the most of it here. And what great self-awareness to like see that potential for yourself before you're right. like, obviously if you were watching this back live as it was happening, you'd be like, oh, they're kind yeah. of, they want me to be in that place. But she obviously yeah. sensed that in herself, which I think is awesome. Yeah, for sure. It's great. Yeah, it's it's really great. It's an underrated trait of a contestant on this show. So at the rose ceremony, Steph and yes, Tatum are safe. And the remaining roses go in this order. Lily, Carly, Brooke, Holly, Jay, Ash, Laura, Tani, Rebecca, Sierra, Stevie, and Ashley. So it's farewell to personal trainer Elena, who mm. I did name in our pre-season episode as my completely arbitrary winner pick after seeing her bending down on the grass for some reason in the background of a shot, sort of out of focus in the first trailer. Despite being eliminated, Elena managed to gain 42 new followers on Instagram this week, bringing her total gains up to 350, about the same as Tamlin when she was eliminated last week. Great for both of them. You know, like 350, what? That's uh, Actually, Elena had quite an audience already, didn't she? She had nine or 10,000. Yeah, she was already at like nine and a half thousand, and now she's pretty close to ten. All right, look, if you're pushing that ten k, go get it. What a uh, what a good little bump for you, and I'm glad that you are going to now use your platform to encourage people to get vaccinated. Elena, come on the pod. <laughs> yeah, can't wait for that to be proven to be true. Fingers crossed. Should we talk briefly about the Instagram gains, the numbers this week? Yes, we like to do this in between the two episodes. Sure. So we're seeing the continuation of a trend here with the overall leaders gaining the most followers again this week. Um, first of all, our bachelor Jimmy gained 488 new followers this week, um, which interestingly, last week we were talking about how he was no longer on top. He's not gaining the most. Now he is in third place. He's behind two of the women. Um, Holly leads the pack again this week with a whopping 1,035 new followers. Wow. Jay takes on a respectable 640 new followers. Good for Jay. Yeah. Yeah. And then just just behind Jimmy is Brooke, who takes the bronze this week with 373 new followers. Um, and like I said, these gains are absolutely on trend. Holly is the overall winner so far on followers with 3,585 since preseason, followed by Jay with 1,602, and then Brooke with 1,545. It is still anybody's game, though. Lily and Steph are still in the ballpark for sure. They're just a few underneath that. I feel like I am hosting the weather report. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great broadcasting training. Um, I also have to share the unfortunate news that despite urging our followers to, uh, to follow last week's guest, Erica Mallet, on Instagram, her overall follow account has, in fact, dropped by eight from 12,605 to 12,597. Wow. What? Look, I have to feel like that's probably got more to do with her than it does um, than it does with us. <laughs> you know? Here's my theory on what happened, okay? okay? I can only deduce that the massive influx of new followers that we drove to her account, mm. which no doubt exists, mm. um, caused instagram to launch an investigation into bot accounts that had probably already been following erica mm. 
and they deleted those accounts. You know, there's a big spike in interest. So they're like, what is going on there? Yeah. So, you know, we did drive a huge number of new people to her page, but we couldn't outnumber those sock puppet followers. Xavi, <laughs> um, are you saying this is the for sure truth or are you just asking the questions? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm saying what uh, a lot of people are too scared to say, you know? <laughs> Still, I want to say, you know, we can celebrate this. The BOH bump has led to some spring cleaning of Erica's follow account. So we can accept the gratitude that we infer that she has for us. That's that yeah. she hasn't she hasn't mentioned, but I assume is the case. <laughs> That's the end of that. <laughs> All right. Let's dive back into the recap with The Bachelor Australia season nine, episode six. This episode's air vehicle of choice, and I do have to narrow it down, is a helicopter which lands out the front of the mansion, causing a huge gust of wind and ruining everybody's hair, which is pretty funny. That was a wonderful um, moment. Jimmy, I loved it yeah. so much. Just watching everybody be like rushing up to Jimmy and then being like, oh, oh, my, oh my fuck, God. there's dust in my eyes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jimmy steps out and grabs Jay from the group of women for a single date. Sorry, everybody else. Um, Jay says it'll be nice to have some alone time with Jimmy, just like it has been every episode at the cocktail party in the business lounge. People are not super happy about this. Um, They arrive at what Holly might describe as a big lake of some sort. And, (laughs) And Jimmy shows Jay, quote, one of the fastest jet skis they make. And she's like, ooh, I'm impressed. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, Jimmy's going to blindfold her and she has to trust him with steering the jet ski. I think it would be more fun if they were both blindfolded (laughs) and maybe they're both on separate jet skis and they have to like joust each other. Um, That's my my punch up for this date. (laughs) I feel like doing punch up for the dates could be a good segment for us. Right. So this is, I, I had a huge, um, this, this is where the, the buzzy bee in my bonnet, the triple B mm-hmm. um, of this episode really comes through for me. Talk to me. Who is this for? Oh yeah. That's my, my main question here is like, and we should, we should tie this in also to what the show has been posting on social media, what Jimmy has been posting on social media. Who is the, what have you considered remotely your audience? Who like mm. so and the reason that I ask this is that I am not sure genuinely who putting this man on in this state three separate loud vehicles mm. and having the woman be so little of a participant that you literally take away one of her senses <laughs> and force her to just right. hold on like a a fucking rag doll. Like what? What are you? Who is the audience here? You know, we have look. We are seeing the statistics bear out that the women are being uh, more followed than the Bachelor himself, and mm. Jay is now one of those women who's overtaken the Bachelor. We're here mm-hmm. to watch her and get to know her more so than I think we are to watch him go on a thing, right? <laughs> Especially when there's no other attempt to characterize him or give him any personality beyond just being a pilot. Right. Right. And so this is the thing, like either you as you as a storyteller, I would think have to trust your editors and the editors this season, like we said before, are doing a pretty good job of turning the source material that they receive 
into things that work, that feel fun, that can feel a bit magical when they need to. Mm-hmm. What can you do with this? Like it, all that's happening, right, is that he's going fast on a jet ski and she's holding on and they're whipping around and like, but who, like, who does this benefit? I just, I really am I'm struggling to see the point here. And then you look at what's happening with them on social media. One of the captions this week just says, this week's dates were just chef's kiss, hashtag The Bachelor AU. If you missed it, you can find it all on 10 Play. And the word dates is misspelled. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I saw another post on The Bachelor Instagram page that just says, who do you think will win Jimmy's heart? And then there's a picture of all the women. Catch up on The Bachelor before Wednesday on 10 Play. I think maybe they have a new socials person who doesn't really know what they're doing. I don't really, yes. like, who are you communicating to here? And what is their incentive to get involved? Like, another one says, yes. the memorable moments keep on coming. Ugh. It's, okay. It's so devoid of personality and meaning. You're so yeah. right. That's I, that's exactly what I was thinking as I was watching this episode. I was like, I I don't understand who it's for. And, and like, part of it is probably because... Um, of the fact that they're not running their own social media, so we're not getting any form of their personalities like totally. through to us yeah. through social media. But like, I I get actually a really great vibe from Jimmy. I feel like he's a nice dude. I feel like I I can like you know when I watch it, I want to know more about him as a human. And at totally. the, the moment, I feel like all I know about him is that he can operate some vehicles. Right, like, exactly yeah. this. I, yeah. I want to know more about him. Like, I liked the very first episode where he's talking to his family and the connection you see with his family felt really genuine and lovely. That's yeah. the sort of stuff I want to see as a viewer and as a fan of this franchise. What I don't want to see is just him blindfolding one of the women and being like, let's do a thing on another vehicle that you haven't let's seen me fast. drive yet. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Yeah, like, I don't know who this is impressing. I'm sure that this caption was written for him. I've got the need, the need for speed. So strap in and join me on Channel 10 at 7.30 for an adrenaline pumping ep of The Bachelor AU. I think think this this type of thing speaks to a couple of different drives that the producers of the show have, so to speak. Mm. Um, One of them is that something has to happen. You know, like they, a, a, a group date or a single date has to involve some kind of event and more often they, than not, they want it to be uh, kinetic and visually interesting. And um, I think they also have a temptation to try and raise the heart rate of the women at at whatever cost possible. Mm. I think, like, you see this with the adrenaline dates, like the, um, you know, like going on a jet ski. You also see it with, like, the fear of heights dates and the, you know, put in an awkward situation dates and that kind of thing where... Um, just because you know that it will force a bond to take place because they are going through something challenging together but it's also this like competency porn like you know they i feel like it comes out <laughs> band of name band name band name <laughs> oh true but i i feel like it comes out of a, a sense of insecurity with the person that they have cast as their lead right where they feel as if they have to show off the things that he can do and how great he is and how much he should be the bachelor and how much we should all be wanting to be with him because look how good he is at lots of different things and in lots of different circumstances and, and um, he can pilot different kinds of machines and 
um, you know, he's good on a jet ski and he's good on a plane and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, we get at this point, it's so, it's so (laughs) well trodden. Mm. We're on episode six and we're still sort of trying to be convinced that, you know, this guy really does deserve to be, you know, and we should all want to be like him or whatever. Listeners of of this show would know that Jimmy is a nice man from listening to our preview episode with Mystery Lucy, who Mm. told us just that much and said, you know what, this is a fantastic man. And beyond being able to do bikes and planes and be extremely competent, he's kind and gentle and well-meaning. And beyond that, I went and looked up. This is what I put into Google. Most memorable bachelor, bachelorette dates. And I found an article from Cosmopolitan published in 2019. It was this. The 50 most memorable bachelor and bachelorette dates of all time. So we've met the brief here. Now, how many of the 50 dates would you say involved a form of transportation? It's tough because I don't know what Cosmopolitan's angle is here. Yeah. I don't know if they would agree with what Could go one of two ways. Also, I think that given that there's 50 on there, have there been how many non-transportation dates have there been in the history of the show? Right, but this so this I should cover this off. This is uh, the Bachelor in the U.S. Oh, okay, right. Well, yeah, it's a different story because it's they don't have the same obsession over there. Right. So if we are to look at this, the ones that are there are a tractor date where all the women are in bikinis. <laughs> a okay, memorable maybe in like uh, hindsight. You know, maybe we shouldn't have done that type of thing. <laughs> like, we've learned from the mistakes of the past. <laughs> <laughs> a roller derby date. We can count that sure. as a mode of transportation. I mean, I guess. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's charitably, sure. And that's it. That's kind of it. Interesting. So, yeah. w- the point that I'm making here is that what the dates with the transportation allow or, or, or prevent us from doing and prevent the editors of this show from doing uh getting to know the bachelor uh yeah. letting us invest in the women and the reason why is because it's really noisy and nothing that is happening is really like uh, uh, allows for anything compelling to develop even when you're talking about you know putting the bachelor in challenging situations like for example if you remember the jared woodgate sophie monk date from a few seasons ago where sophie yeah. is so scared of heights and Jared comforts her, and there's something genuine and real there between them. Like, even the overcoming obstacle date is so much better than the go-on-a-vehicle date. My thing is, like, if you are going to put these people in a situation that prohibits conversation, you're not doing your job as showrunners because you are creating situations which cause profound uninvestment, disinvestment? I don't know. What do you Mm, call that? A lack of investment in... Mm the people that you desperately want to be invested in your show. I cynically speaking, I get the impression that a lot of the uh, activities that they go and do, whether it's, um, you know, going on a jet ski or going, you know, any of the, the three things that we see making up parts of this date, I have a feeling that all of these are activities that they get a bit of a kickback from. Sure. Um, that they can, you know, or when they go on the flight simulator or whatever, it's because they made a deal with the people who run the flight simulation place. Um, and so budget wise, it's easier for them to lock those things in and probably to plan them ahead of time than to, you know, trust that they have cast interesting people who will make an interesting situation out of uh smaller, you know, lower concept date. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And like, just as a side note, like, as a as a woman, if a man took me on a date when I barely knew him and blindfolded me and put me on the back of a jet ski, I would <laughs> fucking run a thousand miles. Like, yeah. And my dating life is non-existent because I'm in lockdown and I have been single for a thousand years. And I, mm. I would know. And even in the position of like my most desperate moment, would I ever consider like this is? It's just so unrealistic. Okay. Yeah. Can we can we put this one in front of you then? Let's imagine that you had a uh, terrifying fear of going fast in vehicles. Um, because of a car accident that you were involved in, and then oh. we made you drive a, a hot lap around the track. Would that be would that be cause to to stick around? Do you think? Oh my god, this was like so. I felt the trauma coming through the screen. Like I was just like, this Honestly. is so wrong. I mm. hate this so mm. much. And and like she was an awesome trooper about it and didn't make a fuss about it. But she would have been totally in the right if she had. Like I I, I just. I right. think they obviously knew that going in and they yep. wanted to exploit a terrible traumatic yep. experience for her. And I hate that. Like, Yeah, it's really yucky. awful. Xavier, do you want to set the scene for us? Yeah, so this is the next step in Jimmy's can't fail guaranteed three steps to love date. <laughs> Another mode of transport. This time the humble automobile uh, from the automobile manufacturer that is sponsoring the show this year. Um, but what this date presupposes is, does making car go fast make love go fast as well? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's what both of them refer to as a, quote, high-speed race. They both volunteer the phrase high-speed race as opposed to one of those races where you go as slowly as possible. <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Jay reveals that she had a car accident a few years ago and the trauma is still pretty fresh in her mind. Mm. Um, and Jimmy says, you know, she doesn't have to do it, which is a, is a good move. Although there's a lot of people standing around with cameras, putting pressure on her in this situation. I don't know what the plan B would have been, but she makes the very, you know, bold and um, also like here for the right reasons choice to uh, give it a crack anyway. Um, and then, the most cynical and worst line of this episode is Jimmy saying, luckily this car is full of safety features and we get a little product demonstration. It was so bad. I hated it. I hated yeah. it so much. And the, the thing that you said, Imogen, which has just stuck with me, is the um, the idea that she didn't make a fuss. Like it is such an imbalance of power to put her yes. in a situation yeah. to begin with where she is required to make a decision that either... I won't make a fuss and relive trauma as a woman on a TV show where I am yeah. competing to win the heart of a man, or I will make a fuss, be perceived as having made a fuss yeah. and potentially jeopardize anything positive that I could gain from this. Yeah. It's such yeah. a, like, it's such a horrible position for her mm. to be put in. And like, I can only imagine that the producers knew this going in, but like, absolutely. She, and that's, they're trying to make, good tv but to making good tv should never come at the expense of somebody else having to relive a really traumatic horrible experience like i just think that's really mm. yucky yeah yeah and we'll get to it with sierra and the clowns a bit later which i also felt sympathy for oh that was 
was terrifying. I, mm. I was curious <laughs> about that situation for a number of reasons. Um, anyway, you know, it follows the pretty pretty standard narrative. You know, she overcomes her fear and Jimmy's very happy for her to have done that. Um, she beats Jimmy in the race and it's got this like squeaky clean sort of happy ending to it. Um, and then, yeah, they, it doesn't, I mean, the thing is, I, I don't, I don't know why, like what is gained from her, like from the producers lining her up for this date. It's not substantially more interesting than it would have been with anybody else. It's Mm -hmm. still just people going fast in a car. The fact that she's a bit scared about it and then, you know, like anybody would be a bit scared about it, I think. They would get that from anybody. It feels exploitative. Give her the beach date, you know, with that that Ash went on last yes, week. Yes, exactly. I feel like uh, the, the best part of this date was them sitting down talking. Like I felt so much, um, I felt so warmed to my heart watching Jay and Jimmy like sitting on that couch getting to know each other and realizing they had a lot more connection than they probably initially thought they did and more yeah. things in common. And I genuinely was like, if I was a friend out at the pub with two of my, like with two people who were getting to know each other like this and I was witnessing it firsthand, I'd be like, these people are really getting along and like, they're really hitting it off. And it, it yeah, was just a yeah. great feeling. Like I was like, this is what I want more of. Like, I know they don't think that's as good TV, but like, I'm a fan of, the Bachelor franchise, and that was what I wanted to see, you know? Yeah, right. me too. And I feel like if if I went on this date, you know, I'm trying to put myself in Jay's shoes, and if somebody asked, how was the date? I wouldn't say, like, oh, the helicopter, the fucking whatever, you know, like the the car thing was so cool. I can't believe I got to go on a fucking, I can't even remember already, the jet ski. Like, <laughs> that's not the part that you would talk about. The The part that you would talk about is, like, yeah, you know, we did a bunch of stuff. And then by the end of it, we had this great conversation where we realized that, you know, we really have a lot in common and we have common interests. And um, it was just a tranquil, nice moment with somebody that I'm enjoying getting to know. Yeah. And like, imagine the anticlimax when you're playing that back to the women as well, where you're like, he got out the blindfold. (laughs) Then Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he put me on the back of a fucking jet ski. (laughs) And then I don't really know what happened. I'm not was, sure. Yeah, but at the end of overload. it, we sat down and it turns out that we're cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they um, they arrive at what I couldn't honestly describe as a batchy couch. It's like a car seat that's been stripped out and placed on the ground, surrounded by like spare tires and some other car ephemera, but, you know, like in a nice way. It's not like <laughs> a car crashed and they dragged it in. <laughs> um they crack a couple of beers very cool very casual uh and jay talks about how important it is to her to have common interests and jimmy says wow we have that in common (laughs) and jay mentions that she's half fijian and jimmy says wow we have that in common and jay says she's looking to find a partner and get married and have kids and jimmy says wow we have that in common um and then jimmy says there's something he's been wanting to do but he's been holding back and Jay plays it off innocently. She's real cute. She's like, wait, what do you mean? And then, uh, you know, moments later, they're, they're, they're making out. And Jimmy gives her a rose and they kiss again. It's really nice. It's really we've lovely. we've already said it, you know? It's really good. It's cute. Okay. Uh, let's talk about this group date. Osha reveals that he got to plan this group date, which is usually a really good sign. Um, it's a compatibility challenge with a difference. 
Osha will ask the women questions and Jimmy will pick his favorite answers. But the twist is the women won't be talking to Jimmy directly. Instead, costumed characters who I can only assume are like production assistants who maybe did one improv class like a number of years ago. (laughs) Some of them are really putting everything into it. Mm, This is their big Um, break. Yeah, totally. (laughs) This is my moment. I'm going to be a clown. Uh, they'll be standing in as avatars. Osha says that the exercise will only involve five of them, and Jimmy makes the common sense decision to pick five women that he hasn't spent too much time with. Um, Rebecca, who dabs when she's picked. um, (laughs) Sure sign that she is a hero in my book. Uh, Stevie, Ashley, Laura, and Sierra. Is that stylish, Stevie? That's right. Yeah, sorry. I forgot to use her full name. Her her official (laughs) title. Um, the other eight women just have to kind of stand around for the rest of the day. I thought that was a little strange. I don't know why yeah. they weren't just allowed to stay home. Um, but anyway, we meet the queen, the pirate, the adventurer, the clown, and the wizard. Laura volunteers that she's, quote, very into wizards because she loves Lord of the Rings, famously the most iconic piece of wizard-themed fiction in the popular <laughs> consciousness. <laughs> Can't think of any others. I don't know if this is too niche, but it, looking at these avatars, it feels like I hit the feature on Where's the Gold. I don't know Where's the Gold. It's the pokey machine. Someone <laughs> someone will have gotten this at some point. Let me... <laughs> okay. where, where's the gold? And they're called, like, this is... I come from Ballina in northern New South Wales. <laughs> First I'm hearing about that. This is this is okay already. <laughs> I'm gonna share my screen with you. So this is what happens when you hit the feature on Where's the Gold? <laughs> you have your choice between oh. Professor Gold, Peter Panner, Happy Lucky, <laughs> Findo, and Mary Money. Oh my god. Oh, it's very good. And these are the avatars in this Absolutely episode. Absolutely brilliant. I feel like they so ran out of ideas. Oh, my God, didn't they? Like, this was the most, I just, I don't know. I was suspecting it was going to be shit when I saw it in the ad. And then when it happened, I was confirmed. Like, I was just <laughs> like, this <laughs> is, what is going on here? Mm. Like, there's so, th- this is not a date. What, I don't understand. Yeah, there's nothing worse than having that feeling of, like, shit confirmed. Don't yeah. you think? <laughs> like, your, shit's, your shit suspicion <laughs> goes off and you're like, <laughs> and then it happens and you're like, I knew it. Yeah. yeah, I know. I just was really hoping that it was going to be, there was going to be some twist to it that I wasn't expecting that was going to make it less shit, but I was incorrect. Sierra suddenly pulls tears out of nowhere. It is very abrupt. She says, I'm really scared of clowns. Um, but naturally that's who she gets stuck with. Max, did you have any thoughts about I, yeah, look, I just think this colorophobia? is a legit, Yeah, I don't know what, what kind of particular phobia it is, but um, look, firstly, a lot of people on the internet saying, like, it's funny that the clown of this season got stuck with the clown and that she's scared of clowns. Fine. Oh, yeah. um, sure. I think that clown fear is a legit thing. Like, this has roots all the way back to, um, well, fuck, like, Punch and Judy? You, yeah, like, yeah. It, there's a reason that he's called Punch, and it's not a pleasant one. Um, mm. like this, it dates so far back and obviously like has waxed and waned over the years in terms of its zeitgeistiness, but mm. really like kicked off hardcore again in the seventies and eighties. 
like the serial killer John Wayne Gacy was uh, obviously a children's party clown, and then the movie Poltergeist in the early 80s, and Pennywise the Clown from the novel It, and like the mm. Satanic Panic is happening at the same time. And yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I mean, even five years ago, there was a big scare in the US of like killer clowns or abducting children. Very strange. Like, it's just this weird zeitgeisty thing. So for, um, Sierra to have that as a as a phobia is I think fair. I feel like the fear of clowns has destroyed the clowning industry. Uh I I agree with you that it is a legitimate um that it is a legitimate phobia, but I also feel that there are many people who have I feel like the the popular consensus on clowns has has irrevocably changed. Oh, definitely. And uh, some of my best friends are clowns, and I just <laughs> can't help but feel a little bad for them that uh, they no longer have an income stream mm. um, due to uh, this collective uh, consensus that uh, all clowns are bad, which is not the case. Some of them are wonderful. Except this one is definitely bad. This yeah, one is, I, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This I, this one gets no mercy from me. Um, so here's how it plays out: the women sit in a room with SingStar mics, and everybody else gathers outside with the avatars wearing earpieces. Um, Sierra gets the first request in and asks that the clown go yoo-hoo, and then the wizard, I think, volunteers the phrase "pipe down, clown," which I am hereby declaring as my new catchphrase is one of the best. In an episode full of good dialogue, I, I really, uh, I really enjoyed that moment. Um, but I think, like in in keeping with the theme this season that we've been talking about this episode and and previously as well, the show wastes the opportunity that is generated here to learn anything useful about these contestants, and particularly given that it's these lesser known contestants, I feel like that's really a shame. the The three questions that we hear at this point are: What were you like in school? What is the best gift you received before the age of 10? And what was your favorite lunchbox item as a kid? And I just don't think any of that stuff really matters. Um, I understand that the idea of this date is that there are questions about the past and questions about the future. But like, I just felt like this is a waste of time. Like all of these things could have been replaced by questions about the last 10 years of their lives and we would have gained a lot more. Definitely. And I also felt like this, um, these were questions that you would see on somebody's Tinder profile and immediately reject them. Mm. Like if you, if you think those things are important, I'm not, I probably don't want to date you. Totally. Right. Yeah. Just the mere fact that that question matters to you is red flag enough, regardless (laughs) of what the answer is. I think um, exactly. the one that I'll make an exception for is um, like, what were you like in school? Because I think that might inform yeah trauma or like formative experiences for people and i think some of those things might stay with us and define who we are to a certain extent today the rest of it i i mean i don't care that you like dunkaroos right yeah well this is this is insane that this is the part that results in conflict um (laughs) (laughs) ashley is a bit worried that her answers aren't funny enough because she's listening to everyone else saying things like a juice box or whatever. It's a weird fucking thing to notice. But anyway, Jimmy picks Sierra and the clown's answer of Dunkaroos, and then Ashley tells her pirate to say, I'm quite partial to the Dunkaroo as well, and it's a scandal, and everyone rips her to shreds. 
former guest of the podcast, uh, Shannon Gus, messaged me when this happened. And she was like, what just happened? Did I miss something? <laughs> and I was like, so what seems to have happened here is that they've had a conflict about one girl stealing another girl's answer about Dunkaroos. And she's like, no, I saw that. <laughs> what was the other what part was that? that? <laughs> yeah. Like, when did someone lean over and stab another person? Right. Yeah. What, at what point did this become a right. real Right. That's the kind of question problem. that I would like asked on this date. At what point in your life did you reach over and stab another person? Imogen, you can go first. I just don't. <laughs> well, look. <laughs> I know this is normally third date territory. Right? <laughs> That's fair enough. The second part of the date is classic batchy. The women have to write a letter to Jimmy about what they envision for the future. Um, I've said this before, but this comes up so often. This type of challenge um, is in most seasons of this show. Mm -hmm. And it, it is my strong opinion and advice to any future contestants who might be listening. You should prepare something for this well in advance because the odds are good that it will come up. So, like, if you're thinking about applying or if you've been accepted, like, this is the type of stuff you want to spend every day. Let's say you're in hotel quarantine before you're going to go on the show. Like, mm -hmm. you should be you should be prepping. You should have this in your back pocket. You don't want to be scrambling here. Right. You need to have a couple of bars up your sleeve. Yeah, exactly. It's. I think we've been talking about this a little bit. There are there are certain things that you can do. Maybe we should make an instruction manual or something. Tick, tick, yeah. tick. Can you do the worm? Important. Yeah, you'll need that. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I also think this is a bit of a wasted opportunity on a couple of levels. Um, this date, this entire date is a note-for-note -note retread of a group date in episode eight of Georgia Love's season of The Bachelorette. I went back and read our notes for it, deleted a few jokes that I had written here because apparently I wrote the same jokes last time this exact thing, same thing happened. Um, the, the only real difference here is that in that season, it was five of the final six. Um, mm. The the only other person who wasn't there was Maddie, who had had a single date that week. So at that point, we're really uncovering some stuff. You know, we've got, we've got five people and we're trying to really split hairs and find out like which of these people we're actually compatible with mm. on a deeper level. And like, I'm glad that Jimmy is taking this opportunity and shining some light on the like background players of this season um, to try and find out if any of them have potential. I think that's a great thing to do, but I think it doesn't line up perfectly with what this date is. Um, it just doesn't seem to matter as much here. Um, the things that we're learning, you don't get the impression that they're actually going to be that valuable because you don't get the impression that these people are really going to be staying that much longer. Right, exactly. And you can tell that that matters from the outcome as well, where he has chosen, instead of the woman who first said Dunkaroos, he chooses the second woman who says Dunkaroos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that I found a tiny bit disappointing about this part here is if it's not going to matter that much, if you're not getting, um, you know, these real, like, heartfelt... I mean, you know, an, an attempt is made to make these emotional and heartfelt, and I think some of them are quite good, but... If it's not going to matter as much as it being the final five, why not lean into the comedy and have the avatars read out these letters? Totally. I think that would be more enjoyable mm -hmm. is if they were kind of pouring their heart out, but then it was being read by a clown. That would be perfect. Yeah. That's what like... That was so, such a missed opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Um, because 
you get a little bit of vulnerability from the women whilst they're sitting in the SingStar room, like hearing the letters being read out, but then they kind of just regain their composure and they get on with the job of being background characters after it happens, you know? So the pirate's letter has the right blend of honesty and humor. I didn't transfer. I didn't transcribe the letters. I didn't really make too many notes of them. They're all quite good. Um, but I, I like that Ashley, who is voiced by the pirate, drops her ring size at one point. Um, Cute. That's a good little, a good little note. Um, so she wins some extra time with Jimmy. Um, it, I, I, I wonder if you guys caught this. Jimmy didn't seem to know who was behind each avatar, despite no. the fact that we had been doing this all day. And he seemed a little bit underwhelmed, in my opinion, to see that it was Ashley behind the pirate avatar. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who he wanted to see or if mm. even it was the case that he was like, okay, cool. Well, I don't know. Maybe we're not attracted to each other and now I have to go through go through this process to find a way to justify sending you home. Yeah. Yeah. I did catch though um a little bit of um a little bit of that letter. Oh, please go on. So it says I'd be Which talking Which letter was to this her. one? Um <laughs> damn it. Sorry, go on. I trod all over it. <laughs> there was a there was a sixth letter that got mixed up in there, wasn't there, Max? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, um, so this is yeah, this is one of the letters that ended up on Jimmy's pile. I'm just got to bring it up. Sorry, I've lost it. Joke <laughs> is worth it every time. Uh, it, it, so it says, "I had feelings for Eleanor that I've actually never felt for anyone in my life." <laughs> She gave me butterflies every morning when I saw her. I'd be talking to her and I would be busting to go to the toilet. <laughs> and I would rather piss my pants and sit there and talk to her than go to the toilet. Oh, my God. I'm, it never gets old. Was that Sierra's one? Yeah, I think the that was. Yeah, yeah. Captain Piss Pants? Yeah, yeah. She had the droplets of piss. That's right, yes. <laughs> Droplets of piss, you know they're droplets of piss. Yeah, these are droplets of piss. All right. So Ashley and Jimmy reconvene at a batchy couch surrounded by candles. And Jimmy does this obscenely generous pour of Shiraz for both of them. Did this stick out to you guys? He like fills these glasses to the brim. Yeah, I was like, hold on there. This is this is say when territory. And yeah. you have breached my boundaries, good sir. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, what follows feels a little bit choppily edited to me. I feel like there is um, a storyline that has been uh, honed in on and, uh, mm. and uh, you know, evidence has been found after the fact, I guess. Um, the through line is that Ashley wants kids within three to five years or maybe even less, assuming that she's with the right person. Jimmy, however, isn't in a rush. He says, you know, he's thinking about maybe five years instead of three to five years, I guess. And that he says the three-year mark is a crucial one for relationships. And Ashley says she's never hit that three-year mark with a partner before. I feel like this is an awkward position for Ashley to be put in. Um, I think the conversation which stems from Ashley saying that she went to a baby shower at the winery that made the Shiraz that they're drinking a few liters of each. Um, <laughs> it leads them into a tricky area where this really should just be them 
doing a little bit of debriefing on the date and just kind of enjoying the time together. Mm. And um, it, it, they accidentally end up having a conversation that would be more suitable to people who are a bit further along in getting to know each other. Um, and it's just unfortunate that that's kind of, it feels pretty natural the way that that plays out. Like yeah. she goes, Oh, I've been to this winery. And then he's like, Oh yeah. You went there for a baby shower. Like what's it like with people, you know, having kids. And then she goes, Oh yeah. You know, and then suddenly we're in it, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah. And as far as we can sort of see from like, I mean, obviously there's things cut out and we don't know what's behind the edit, but like, as far as we can see, he hasn't really had these conversations with anyone else yet. So it feels a bit unfair that she is potentially being judged for her answers on this. When also the other thing that I was thinking as she, as she spoke was that she spoke first, like she gave her um, thoughts on timeline first Mm. before he spoke. And she may have also just been, she may have been thinking that he would like totally prefer kids in a short right. time frame because he was older and that maybe she was trying to sort of be like, Oh, well I'm open to having kids soon too. And then he was like, well, no, actually I'd probably rather. And like, it's just really hard. It's so awkward and, and a mm. yucky, uncomfortable situation because she spoke first trying to maybe like just kind of appease his timeline while not knowing what his timeline was and then now potentially gets kicked out for like guessing yeah long, totally. you know? yeah yeah especially like she says three to five years like that feels as if she is not firm on this thing and she is willing to have a conversation about it but um and, yeah. yeah and then for like her to turn around and cop a lecture about the three-year mark off, off the back of it i was like how yeah. who are you why are you saying you don't yeah. know this woman yet what are you? Yeah. Why? Why are we making yeah. these arbitrary judgments? And also, you're also on this reality TV show to find love with somebody, so it's not like you're an expert necessarily. Right. Right. You don't know everything there is to be known. Yeah. yeah. I didn't love like, that. If she had spoken, yeah. If she had said something like, you know, uh, if she had been like, "I must have children in twelve months' time," like yeah. I would, I guess I would kind of understand mm-hmm. this. But she was just being like vague as all of us would be right. in those scenarios yeah. and just kind of being like well this is the sort of ballpark and then i feel like she was just kind of punished for it which just felt really unfair and yeah. sad i felt really bad Me for too. her and you're so right that she she wasn't afforded the luxury that so many other people get where jimmy will volunteer something and then they can just match it you know which isn't necessarily exactly. this negative thing that people say of like you're just saying what he wants to hear or whatever it's more just like um, yeah. you know, if, if you meet someone and they have a strong position on it or a stronger position on it than you, then you will want to hear out what they have to say about it. Yeah. I, I think, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what makes me think that maybe there was just not that much gluing Jimmy to Ashley in the first place. Um, and that I think so. Yeah. I don't know if he was looking for an excuse to send her home or anything, although that, I guess that is technically his job here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate they had to go down this way. It does feel like we've constructed a bit of a reason here. Yeah. But yeah. as far as reasons go, in general, not being on the same timeline with someone is just as good a reason as any, you know? It, like, if he's not feeling it, maybe the more just reason is just say I'm not feeling it. But uh, mm. if if it is the case that, look, we're here and the timelines don't marry up, cool, okay. you got to yeah. cut those losses, I guess. Yeah, totally. Um. So, yeah, they head to the cocktail party. Jimmy monologues he has to trust his gut and he grabs Ashley away first. Ashley tells Jimmy that spending some time with him felt great and she wants to keep getting to know him if he feels the same way. And then there's a beat. 
And Jimmy says, you're beautiful. You're really confident in who you are. There's mm. so many commonalities between us, but it's going a bit deeper and seeing if there are the matchups that are in here. I can see us being really good friends. And that is not what she came here to make. Um, he says, <laughs> <laughs> he says that there is a little spark missing and, uh, you know, he doesn't want to lead her on and she accepts this really graciously. I think she seems disappointed, but, mm. um, she knows that this is how it's got to be. Um, Jimmy walks her out and pops her into the back seat of a car, never to be seen again. Meanwhile, we get Jimmy in voiceover who is, you know, he's monologuing and saying like, this was a tough call, but basically I'm a hero for doing it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> like all in a day's work. Yeah. Th this bummed me out. Well done, Yeah, this, this bummed me out. Cause sometimes you will get to see a clip of them in the car on the way home or whatever, or you'll get like, they will kind of feel like they got the last word on it. But here it is purely like this, the brave sacrifice of a heroic bachelor who has had to tread through so many difficult <laughs> conversations so that he could find mm, his mm. love and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've gone from bachelor territory to like saving private Ryan territory. <laughs> And I'm not here for it. I felt so yeah. sad for her in this moment. I felt like she took it yeah. so well. Like she, she could have been, you know, I feel like in the moment any of us could have been really pissed off and feel like hurt and defensive and sort of like lash out with a bit of anger in response. But she was really gracious, yeah. as you said, Dave. She was like so... Yeah. So gracious. And like, you could see that she had tears in her eyes, but she was like, you're a really good guy. She said something like, you're a really good guy or something. And I just thought yeah. that was mm. really lovely. Like I had so much respect for her in that moment. Me too. Yeah, totally. Gained a lot of respect for Ashley over the course of this episode. I thought that she was kind and funny and brave to be out there with whatever the, the hypothetical timeline of when she might want children is for the nation to see. Yeah. Um, for her to get kicked out off the back of that is a bit rough, but I it's also a bummer because this moment feels like either the first time or at least the most like that we have actually learned about her or that we have spent mm. any time with her, which is always a bit uh, heartbreaking. But I'm like, I am finally getting a window into this person during her leap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is sad, but I hope that she'll go on to like meet a lovely guy. She seems like a really nice person. And I just, I didn't like the way this was responded to like from some of the other people in the house because I just felt like there was a I had I was like majorly um triggered watching the response from Sierra to this because it just gave me mm. major flashbacks to high school like I just had such yeah totally I had some bad yeah. bully yeah. situations in high school and like I just felt so <laughs> so sad watching this because I felt like I, I just don't like anyone rooting for somebody else's failure. Like I, I it totally, just really, yeah. it really yeah. irks this me. This is a rough, mm. despite actually appearing on camera for what felt like the first time this episode, Ashley only gained 98 new followers on Instagram this week, capping out her run at 439 in total. I was so surprised when I was running the numbers this week because I thought she had really acquitted herself so well here. So if we can if we can push the boh bump towards anybody, why not go check out a freckle on uh, on Instagram? And where can we find Ashley? Ting 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 
Ting, ting, ting. Uh, uh, Osha tells the women uh, <laughs> that Ashley has left the mansion. I did a count. I did a count. And I was right on first watch that it was 13 tings. Or as you called them, ring dings, which I think is really good. Thank he you. Because he's hitting his ring against the, the glass. He's That's getting right. out of control. He really is. Oh, this is truly over the top. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely unnecessary bragging that he's married and <laughs> I losing love it. An, an ear sore in the meantime. Ear sore. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ashley's left the mansion. Jimmy's headed home. There's not going to be a rose ceremony this, this evening. And we get Sierra telling the group, we're all staying. So that's a positive to come out of it. And then in an, in the moment, she's, and then in an, in the moment, she says, Woohoo! Honestly, it's like Christmas has come early. My care factor is lacking. She sucked, honestly, so no skin off my nose. Sucks to be her, but I'm not too concerned about it. I'm just happy that I'm going to live to see another day. And this is vicious. This is a real Whoa. step up in nastiness from Sierra. I can only assume that she is being really egged on by somebody at this point and just saying like, say more stuff about her going home. Yeah. You know, this, somebody yeah. has figured out that she's not too upset about it. And they're like, just keep talking. Camera wasn't on properly. We're still, we still need more footage of you. <laughs> you know, like. No, I was really disappointed in Sierra in this moment because I really wanted, like, I just wanted her to be a bit better than this. Like I love her humor. I think she's such a funny character. She's got so much personality and like, yeah. I, I don't know I just I don't like um especially sort of seeing seeing women really wanting other women to be sad and have mm. um mm. you know like it just it's as simple as that it just feel it just felt really nasty to me and like a like school bully behavior that I just didn't care for and yeah. I I also have to comment on like I think some of these things are, yeah, egged on by not only producers but by other people sometimes. Like, For sure. you know, sometimes mm. when you get together with someone else who doesn't also doesn't like that person. Like, I got that vibe a little bit from the passive aggressive sort of um, like stuff that we got from Tatum, where she's like, you know, if I had to, make, you know, do this stuff to make a guy like me. You know, like yeah. calm down, sweetie, or like mm. something like that. And yeah, I just yeah. thought it's really unnecessary. Like she's just there for the same reasons that you guys are. Like you're all there to try and get some attention from Jimmy and get to know him. Like there's no need to be nasty about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, and and like yeah, when there is when there is a demonstrably an audience for this type of thing, it's always just going to keep continuing. When yeah, people exactly. laugh at the mean jokes that she makes and that kind of thing, like it yeah. will just egg it on. Plus, by this point, yeah. you've been in the mansion for, I don't know, maybe a month and they've filmed, what, six episodes and you're probably used to the push and pull of producers going, can you be a bit meaner or like being consumed in by yourself in the construction of the character that they are they are pushing you to become. So, yeah. I don't know. It There's there's not a lot, I think, that can really be um, done, about, done about it other than to say that that sucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and it, and it sucks even more considering we all agree that Sierra has had a fucking great week up until this point. Yeah. Like she said the funniest thing we've ever heard and we can't <laughs> we can't celebrate her with open arms because because of this moment. Yeah. Um but next week 
Jimmy's sister and cousin come to the mansion for a dramatic group dinner, uh, a bull of banquet perhaps, um, and express some concerns about a front runner, although we don't know who just yet. And we're promised an exit that no one saw coming. Whatever Which that means, means that everyone saw it coming. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We're replacing all of the women. <laughs> That'd be a fun twist. Listeners, we have reached the end of another episode of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Imogen Clark, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan of the pod, so I am very excited <laughs> to be here and appreciate you welcoming me. Hey, uh, anytime, Thanks please so come back soon. You can find her on Instagram at Imogen underscore underscore Clark. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Uh, or Noe. 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 No. Yes. Um, what <laughs> was the dare. other one? Obnoxiously moral. Ob- yes. Obnoxious moralist. That's, that's the one. Great. That's right. Yeah. It's my band. <laughs> <laughs> Imogen Clark and the obnoxious and moralists. the obnoxious moralist. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> uh, Imogen, thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Droplets of piss, you know they're droplets of piss. Yeah, these are droplets of piss. All right. Well, Xavi. Well, Maxie. Oh, How about I, that? look, we made a new friend, didn't we? What a treat. That was so great. I love Imogen. What a hero. Yeah, yeah very, very good. Uh, listeners, we not only made one new friend, I reckon we might be here to make a bunch of a bunch of them. We sure. did not come here to not make friends. Is All right, that... greedy guts. Not, oh. not happy with just one. It's got to be a whole bunch more, huh? Hey, um, if you are a hypothetical friend of Max Quinn... Come on by the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. That's a pretty good spot to um to to come and find us and hang out with all the people you love and some people that you don't know, but I promise you might love them too one day. Membership is free. That's it. No for cost. For a limited time only. That is until we close the group, <laughs> which uh is not happening in the near future. But I imagine you know, eighty years. You know, you know, we'll be brains in vats in jars. Mm. Um, and we won't be able to type, uh, although, you know, Facebook, you know, technology is changing all the time. I'm sure they'll change with the times as well. Yeah, so we'll look. probably find some, I would say for the foreseeable future, the, the, the membership's going to be free and you guys should definitely come in and hang out. One would hope so. Uh, look, that, um, that just about does it here on the BOH pod for another week. Xavi, uh, you got anything to say? Yeah. I was going to say you can find my friend Max Quinn on social media at Max Quinn, um and if you is that right you did a little frowny face yeah, is no that i am yeah no handle? sorry yeah, i was okay. just looking sorry my sister just sent me a message saying should i buy this table um and georgia if you're listening yes it's a great table yeah get get that table uh i want to shout out to the zave heads out there um thank you so much for being here week after week uh i i truly value and cherish your support uh and as a way of saying thank you um everyone Get a table. That's right. I'm buying tables for every Zave head. So please get in touch this week via the usual channels to redeem uh, that offer. And uh, and we'll be in touch with the delivery times and that sort of thing. Yeah, look, um, um, Eb, for every Zave head, a tape head. That's right. Yeah, we are converting. We're ag- <laughs> we're doing a mass conversion <laughs> of Zave heads to tape heads. Um, if you, uh, you want to see some tables that I've made on Microsoft Excel, 
uh, come on into the uh, Bachelor of Arts House posting group where I'm doing a lot of very niche and specific Bachelor related data crunching and munching. Um, so come on down, find me at XavierN. Um, and uh, I, I love you as well. Also. Listeners, that's very true. We do, in fact, love you. Love you. Goodbye.